401ks and IRAs and Roth IRAs and all these things that I'm not saying they're bad, but it's right. understanding the tool that they are and how to use them. And, and you look at the results and this is uh, something that just made sense to me is 401ks were created in 1981. Roth IRAs were created in 1998, right? So we don't even have a full generation of people using Roth IRAs and we're barely hitting the first full working generation who are use 401ks as their main vehicle for retirement planning. And if you look at the results of the last generation, it's the worst in the history of this country. <laughs> yeah, so, that funny? So yeah. like if that's, if that's the sample set that we're working with, to me, something was broken, right? right. And, and, and so I really set out on a mission to educate people like about what I know and what I found out and what I was learning on a daily basis. Um, and because like, I'm a big believer, like the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. And so that sparks that curiosity and that sparks that desire to learn more. If you're anything, you know, like me or want like you and want to be mm -hmm. driven towards that. And, and so, and, and I've just got this sickness where I want to, I want to make the world a better place and let people know about this. This is the Better Wealth Podcast with Caleb Williams. Welcome to the Better Wealth Podcast. My name is Caleb Williams, and you won't want to miss this very exciting episode with Chris Kirkpatrick, the founder and CEO of Life 180. And just, just to kind of give you some teasers, Chris is not only a dear friend of mine, but he is an extremely successful internet marketer, business owner, is launching something super exciting for executives and how to help them excel in their life. And what I did was I got the backstory on, you know, how he uh, went from being a professional gambler and almost made the Olympics for throwing the javelin to excelling in the life insurance space and ultimately starting his business. I also kind of asked him questions about how he quickly learns things and actually got some of his key takeaways on overall money strategies. And uh, we just talked about life. It's kind of a long episode. It's filled with amazing gold nuggets you won't want to miss. And so sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Chris Kirkpatrick. Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, man. You know, I am looking forward so much to this conversation because not only are you like the coolest person that I know, and I can like literally confidently say that, um, but the way that we met was so strange. And I like literally was like a, a schoolgirl crushing over you like two oh, years ago funny. before we met because, and, and as people realize you, you've created content, created companies, you have an amazing background, but it's such an honor to be friends with you to have you on the show. And I'm just excited to capture your story, man. Well, same to you, man. And it's, uh, yeah, I mean, the story is pretty funny. And uh, yeah, so I mean, it's, uh, you've become one of my, my better friends. And like, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into this, but uh, literally one of the only people in the entire industry that I trust. So I, you know, anything, anything we want to get into here, it's uh, open it's, book. It's gonna be fun. So okay, so a year and a half ago, I'm in Denver, Colorado and learning, learning from a guy. And Chris Kirkpatrick, he has a YouTube channel called Life 180. He had a company, he's a ton of videos. One of his top videos is why Robert Kiyosaki loves whole life insurance. Yeah. He also you also have a video that you get hate every single day about uh, <laughs> Dave Ramsey being right about life insurance, but you kind of have a twist in there. Yeah. And so I knew like I knew I watched all your videos and I'm like, 
I don't know why I reached out to you, but I went onto your website. I scheduled a 15 minute call and we're like talking on the phone. And I'm like, yep. again, like, I'm like, okay, like I got my phone five minutes before the meeting. I'm like ready to go. And like, you're like at the drugstore, like buying your wife some vitamin. I don't know what you were doing, but I'm like, this guy's like super chill. And we didn't like, you talked to me about like how you're professional. You were professional gambling. I was a professional poker player at one point in time. You were gonna try out for the olympics how you're you met your wife and i'm like this guy is like a real person and then like not only do you know a ton about this strategy but then we got into talking and and that one conversation led to me flying down meeting you and now we have a business partnership and man i'm so grateful and it's like having someone of your quality to not only be working with but to have this understanding and i'm it's it's going to be exciting to create content with you and then now what you're doing on helping executives find jobs like that's exciting too so there's a lot to unpack and i'm just yeah. uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun well it's awesome and 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 just to kind of i guess piggyback on all that is you came into my life at the right time as well and i remember when you called me i didn't know what to expect i thought because i get a lot of people that reach out to me through youtube and and set up appointments with me and even after i kind of gave up my licenses and kind of moved past being in the investment financial world what have you I still love to help people, you know? So that's why I kept creating content, whatever. And so I always kept my link up to allow people to set up appointments with me. And so when you came through, I literally thought you were just like another person who was gonna be wanting help, which is totally fine, right? right? right. But then when we got into everything, I'm like, wow, this is so cool. And it's, it's really cool to see how this has all evolved. And, yep. um, you know, it's awesome to see how you've, your business has grown and, and, and everything is just kind of develop, developed at this point in time. So it's really exciting. Yeah, thanks, man. Okay, so you have an incredible story. I told you right before our podcast interview, we can't take an hour to hear your whole background because we could easily do that. Uh -huh. But let's let's go back to okay, how how did you get started? And and I think your childhood, we need to start there, man, because I think it just paints the picture of who you really are. And then can you like give us kind of the origin story on, you know, how you became who you are? I don't have an hour for this. Um, <laughs> so uh, I grew up pretty modestly. Um, you know, I didn't have much. My parents, I was brought up with, I don't want to be cliche, but with a lot of love. Um, and I grew up in a trailer until I was 10. Um, and we moved into a place that my grandparents had built. Um, when they kind of retired, my parents bought that place. But um, my mom was a postmaster. My dad was a truck driver. They were super supportive emotionally, but not a, not a lot of guidance in, in the business world, not a lot of encouragement to go to college. It, they were just kind of like, I don't know, blue collar, right? And 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 I say that with all the love in the world uh, for my parents, and I wouldn't be the person I am today without them and their guidance. Ultimately, um, I got into high school. My dad was a, a track athlete um, back in the day. So when I broke the Vermont and New England records for throwing the javelin, I actually broke my dad's records. Um, so That's insane. Uh, he held them for 24 years until I broke them. It was crazy because, you know, I didn't, I didn't even know. I mean, I, I don't even have time to get into all that, but like ended up becoming the top javelin thrower in the country. Everything evolved kind of from there. I, long story short, had a lot of injury issues, uh, throwing. I've had multiple reconstructive surgeries, um, on all different limbs of my body. <laughs> it's like, it's crazy. And so, but I'm, I'm the bottom line for me though, is I'm a competitor, you know, yeah. like, and, and I'm not a win at all cost kind of guy, but I am the guy that is like, if I, if I believe in something or if I see something that I, tr I'm going to do what I have to do to win 
or at least increase my odds. You know, I'm a grinder. Like that's just my mindset. And when I got out of that, I I really, honestly, I went through a depression because it was like, I I lost that competitive. I, I was injured all the time. I had to stop throwing and and all these different things. And so I had no outlet for competition. Mm. So I started playing poker. That whole process for me, Hannah, um, my wife had, we weren't even married yet. She took an internship over in London for six months Mm. and I was home alone every night um, and working. And so I ended up going to the casino all the time, learning how to play. And I remember going there and losing and then going there and losing and getting more money out of the ATM and losing (laughs) and being like, whoa, this is, I don't lose. This is not okay. Right. you know, and I'm not a gambler, right? Like right. I'm, I'm a statistician and like I'm a competitor and, and I saw poker as an outlet as a way to, you know, kind of win and, and right. do that. And, and so I stopped playing. I bought six books on poker and poker strategy and uh, read them in a week and came up with my own strategy. And by the time Hannah had come back um, from her internship six months later, I had made enough money basically to Uh, pay for vacation. And I was making, ultimately within eight months, I was making enough money to replace my income. uh, That's insane. That's, that is literally insane. And and did anyone, did you ever think like, this is crazy that I'm like making a living off of where most people lose their whole life savings? Well, the craziest part about it was the moment um, I'm married to an amazing woman. And the craziest part about it was um, when I, really got a bit disenchanted about a year later with my job because I played poker and was working at the same time for a while. And then I just came home miserable one day mm-hmm. and I was like, man, I'm, I'm going to kill my boss. Like I'm just so <laughs> mad. And, yeah. and, and Hannah's like, why are you even dealing with that anymore? Like right. quit and play poker. And I'm like, that's so irresponsible. You know, right. like, it's not my personality type. Right. And, and so I was like, okay. And so I did it and it went well. And so then I started playing online. I, quickly kind of rose through the ranks. And at my peak in 2010, I was ranked number 64 in the world out of over 5 million players. 64th in the world. And, mm-hmm. and there was a time where you would play how many rounds at the same time? Oh, I played 24 tables at a time, 24 at tournaments time. at the same time. I was playing at my peak. I was playing over 100 tournaments a day. And so it, it's really not emotional for you. It was just, no. it was just, you just would play to the odds, right? Yeah. I was just a robot basically. You know, I came up with a strategy. I had, uh, you know, Everything was math based and mm-hmm. uh, I just kind of, I literally was just a human robot going through, just kind of scanning the computer monitors. I had my three monitor set up that I could kind of scan and see everything and based on math. One thing that I am so impressed with you, man, is you can learn pretty much anything and not just become like pretty, you, like you you pretty much become an expert in that field quickly. Uh, and, and I think the, the whole playing poker is just an example of that but you've mm-hmm. done that in the financial space. You've done that in the marketing space. You're, you're doing that in the career next space. <laughs> and so one, one of the questions that I have is taking a step back. Mm-hmm. How do you, what's your technique and learning or like what, how do you approach, approach life? Cause you see it so differently. Like, and I, and I don't think people will really be able to really understand all of what you're saying, but like, how can we take a fraction of what makes you be so successful and effective? Like, what can we learn in our own lives to help us cre- like speed up the time of learning things? One of the things that I uh, w- have been committed to for my life uh, from the beginning is doing things that I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. And so whether it's, um, you know, I wasn't necessarily passionate about poker, right? right? I wasn't necessarily passionate about throwing the javelin, right? right? I was 
I was passionate about sports and competition. I was passionate right. about competition. I was, pa- you know, and, and to me, a lot of business is competition, right? Right. And, and so like there, there's that. And so for me, I, I think what it comes down to is it's kind of like a full immersion mindset. When I find something, I'm, I'm a bit weird um, and I become obsessed with it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I live it. I breathe it. I don't watch TV. I don't, um, I don't really experience much life outside of my wife and my kids and this, whatever it is I'm obsessing about in that moment, right. because yeah, I mean, I'm 38 years old right now. I'll be 39 in a couple months, but the, the, if, if you, if you were to hear my full story and it's, it's, it's almost weird to me sometimes, like I just kind of, it's my life. Right. And I go right. through it and I tell people about it. And then they're like, they look at me cross-eyed, like, who are you? Like, how have you done all this stuff in this short time? And it's because I take clips and, and, and short Mm -hmm. periods of my life. And I just, when I do it, I do it. And you know, it's, it's, you know, Malcolm Gladwell always says, you know, it takes 10,000 hours to master Mm -hmm. something. Right. I mean that, that number is what it is, right? Like it, it can be less, it can be more depending on the person and their ability to process stuff and, and how much time they're actually focused um, in, in a specific area. But for me, you know, I can tell you, like with the last thing, I never expected to get into the career management world, right? And, and right. Like, that is the life. If you told me five years ago I would be doing this, I would be. I would have told you you were insane. Like I had no interest, no passion, no anything, because right. it makes sense to me at that point in time. I didn't right. understand it fully, right? And so once it triggered for me, once it made sense, I was like, oh, this is exciting. And as soon as I get excited about something, it's over. And, and yep. <laughs> you know, I just dive into it and I become obsessed and I buy every book and I, right. I watch every YouTube video, every Ted talk, every, everything that I just, and, and I surround myself with great people. Like in the right. world, we had Don Blanton in yep. this world. I picked up a mentor in the poker world. I picked up one of the top online, one of the top five online poker players in the world. Right. And so I go out and I find amazing people and I obsess about it and I just dedicate everything I have to mastering it. Right. And we could have a whole episode sometime talking about obsession and why yeah. that's important. Uh, and then we also, I'm, I'm saying this on air, so it's going to be true. I'm going to have you and your wife sit down and talk about the roller coaster ride of your guys' relationship before. Like it's, <laughs> it's literally, you have like, it will be the most listened to episode. I guarantee <laughs> it. Uh, but it's an incredible story and she's, you have an amazing wife and it's just been she's fun awesome. getting to know your family. So, okay, so you came, something crazy happened in the poker world and pretty much shut that whole thing down. You can talk yeah, about the that. Government, basically, I remember going online uh, and literally went online to sign on for my daily activity of playing. And it literally, the website had been shut down and it said, this website has been seized by the U.S. Department of Justice. And I was like, <laughs> that's not good. So I went to the next one, same thing, next one, same thing. And I'm like, uh, Houston, we got a problem. So yep. I remember going out into my living room and turning on the news being like, I don't know what else to do. Like I can't get up. And then all over like Fox news and everything was U S uh, bands online poker and all this stuff. And I'm like, Whoa, I was making a lot of money right. um, playing online. And I just remember being like, I don't, what am I going to do now? You know? Right. And, and so it was, um, that happened April 15th, 2011. Wow. Um, and so it was tax day, uh, 2011. And, um, I remember 
from that point in time, I, I had no, so I was playing in a, a poker game. This is funny. This is how I got into the financial industry. I knew I kind of wanted to be in the financial industry. At that point in time, I had been writing a blog on the economy and, and all that stuff that I had to take down when I got into the financial industry. So you won't find anything there. I literally was playing in a poker game with a guy um, and he had to borrow money off me. So, um, cause I beat him and I took his money and he's like, Hey, can I borrow a couple hundred bucks? And I said, okay. And so the next day he was like, well, I need to pay you your money. Why don't you come to my office and, and get it? And so when I went into his office, he worked for one of the a Fortune 1000 life insurance company. Hmm. And I went in to get the money from him and his general agent pulled me into the office and started recruiting me. <laughs> and, and so I sat down with the guy and, and, and literally I was like, I don't know. Sure. I'll, I'll check it out. And literally within two weeks, I had, I studied and passed my life insurance and tests. And then two weeks after that, I got my equities license. And, um, you know, by May 4th, I was like full gone, ready to go like three weeks. Um, which is wow. insane. A lot of people don't even pass one of their, a lot of people don't even pass their pre-tests before they can schedule the exam in three weeks. So that's just another yeah. example of your obsession. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I mean, I literally studied and passed my life insurance test in three days. So it was, <laughs> it's just what I do. I consume yeah. information really quickly. So that's just what I do. So. Yeah. so, okay. From big level, I know you moved up in that company, but like you, you have a lot of insight about money. So talk to me about when you, when you first got the job, you knew quite a bit cause you wrote a blog. And so some mm -hmm. of your mindsets then, mm -hmm. and then that journey of you going to one life 180, doing the YouTube, but like, there's a lot in between there. And I just really want to unpack some of the insights that you have because you and I believe in pretty yeah. much the same things as it relates to how we make protect and multiply our wealth. Our journeys are actually very similar um, because you had the banking background. And then as soon as you were exposed to the idea of the power of what properly structured whole life insurance can do for your life, um, it completely changed your paradigm, right? And then right. from that moment forward, it was like, there's no option to right. go a different direction. Like the world needs to know about this. And so for me, it was very much the same thing. My father-in-law is an advisor. Um, and when... I got into the financial industry when I started working with a life insurance company, the goal was to work there for a year and then his company was going to hire me to take over his book, right? Or, mm. or be a succession plan, so to speak, right? The problem then became as soon as I found out what I found out about how to properly structure whole life insurance, like I was exposed to Don Blanton and I had some mm -hmm. conversation with him and, you know, found all that. And that was kind of the intro to me. And, and as soon as the veil was kind of pulled back and, and I was like, whoa, this is, I cannot go do this. It would have been the easiest thing for me to do to just take over his right. book of business, make a good living and so on and so forth. But I, it wasn't an option. And so right. I rose through the ranks, became the head of recruiting and development for that entire company. And, and like it went amazingly, but then ultimately uh, I just became disenchanted because the corporate world, no matter what their intentions are good, whatever, but um, no one company can do everything for everybody. That's just the reality. That's not their focus. Right. That's not their role. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, I was a solutions provider for people. I've always liked being somebody who, because I can, you know, process information so quickly, I like to be able to take that information and then process it and simplify it and get it back out there to people. And so that's what Life 180 really became about. That's why I created Life 180 was to was to, to you know life 180 is um, an acronym leading into financial excellence and 180 is all about listen most people 
are not happy. I mean, look at the statistics. Most people mm-hmm. are, are not getting the results that they want in life. And if you look at the things that most people are doing, and I'm not going to go too long on my soapbox here, but if you look at the things that most people are doing in the, in the financial products and tools that they're using to get where they want to go, like 401ks and IRAs and Roth IRAs and all these things that I'm not saying they're bad, but right. it's understanding the tool that they are and how to use them. And, and you look at the results and this is uh, something that just made sense to me is 401ks were created in 1981. Roth IRAs were created in 1998, right? So we don't even have a full generation of people using Roth IRAs and we're barely hitting the first full working generation who are use 401ks as their main vehicle for retirement planning. And if you look at the results of the last generation, it's the worst in the history of this country. <laughs> yeah, so, that funny? So yeah. like if that's, if that's the sample set that we're working with, to me, something was broken, right? right. And, and, and so I really set out on a mission to educate people like about what I know and what I found out and what I was learning on a daily basis. Um, and because like, I'm a big believer, like the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. And so that sparks that curiosity and that sparks that desire to learn more. If you're anything, you know, like me or want like you and want to be driven towards that. And, and so, and, and I've just got this sickness where I want to, I want to make the world a better place and let people know about this. And it, and it literally becomes a, a obsession that mm-hmm. you have. So yeah, talk about, talk about some of the key takeaways that you've learned that over in working in that industry, like that you're like, wow, if people only knew that there'd be a line outside the door. You know, I, I would say this is, I think most people, the, the thing that, um, gets me is most people are brought up with the false understanding that the younger you are, the more risk you can take, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or the more risk you should take, right? And, and the reality behind that is the younger you are, the less risk you need to take. Um, because compounding interest is one of the greatest powers on the face of this earth. Yep. If you understand it, you understand that the worst thing you can do is interrupt that compounding. And what happens when you take any kind of loss is you're interrupting that compounding. And so that's, that's a big thing, like really understanding that you can do that and that you can actually um, obtain compounding if you implement a great strategy. And then the second thing is that the, the, the concept of like, what's your rate of return, average rate of return, real rate of return, um, is, is a joke. I mean, it's, yeah. it's literally, it's a myth. It's, it's almost to me, it's deceitful what the, what the financial industry does and how they utilize it and how they, uh, kind of use it as a marketing tool to get people. Um, and, and I've done all sorts of videos and content around this and, and I'm super passionate about it. And that's another thing. And the other, the other, I think third big thing is that this market, this world is cyclical, right? Yep. I mean, how often do people think that, our current reality is just the way things are always going to be. That's just kind of human nature, right? That we do that. I just know from what I've seen is that the market is cyclical. It's not linear. It doesn't just go straight up and it doesn't just go up slowly. It goes up and it comes down. It goes up and it comes down. It typically mm-hmm. goes up slowly and it comes down violently, right? Mm-hmm. And that's just the way it is because, you know, the, the, the politicians and, and the forces that, you know, at play have the ability to manipulate it a little bit and kick the can down the road and do all these different things. But at the end of the day, principles went out and right. markets went out and it's going to be what it's going to be. And when a correction needs to happen, it's not doomsday, right? Like uh, another correction is going to happen. We're in the longest bull market that we've been in since the great depression. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that we're, we're coming up to doomsday, but we are in for a big correction, right? Yep. And, and you can either, you know, get hurt in that big correction or you can take advantage of it and position yourself 
to thrive through it and and create more wealth. I mean, it, 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 what my biggest, the thing that really drives me crazy, the media and mm-hmm. kind of common thought is there's all this talk about the growing gap between the 1% and the middle class, right? And yeah. the shrinking middle class. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that that's not true because it absolutely is. But right. the reason it's true is something completely different than, than the dialogue that's being kind of spewed in the media. And the reason is because wealthy people understand how wealth works, how wealth is created. And so they do things differently, right? The, mm-hmm. You know, they leverage debt differently. They, they, you know, use different financial tools and, you know, Main Street America, they're, they're, they, they have their assets in the wrong places. They're taking on too much risk when they shouldn't be. Um, they have their financial world structured upside down effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what happens is, you know, every time there is a slow boom and then a violent crash, during that violent crash, the, the middle class gets smaller because they've done things improperly during the right. years. And the wealthy, the 1%, just expand their gap. They take a big right. lead and, and gobble up more of the wealth because they're there and they've been prepared and they've, they've structured their lives to take advantage of situations. And what most people don't realize is every single person in the world has the ability to set themselves up like that. No, you're not going to be Warren Buffett tomorrow. You're not going to be Bill Gates or right. Jeff Bezos, but you can start to do things on small scales and if you do that and you want, and you have a long-term vision, you can reverse engineer a process to get where you want to go. And I think sometimes it's so easy to be like, oh, like this is the problem, but it's uh-huh. like, you're not actually being proactive. You're playing victim and you, yeah. can't, you can't help, like you can't actually succeed if you're just playing the victim. Why don't we look at what the successful people are doing and start yeah. modeling that? One of the things that I learned from you was just like housing prices and interest rates and how that all works. And I uh-huh. think that's like a, I had an aha moment in my journey in just hearing you talk about that. I remember doing that video with you on my whiteboard when you were here. Right. It was, it was gold. So here's the thing it is if you look at, I'm a big, I'm a big believer that, um, well, I just kind of said it, the market is cyclical, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's, you know, the markets and the value of markets, like the Dow Jones going up and coming down, the S&P going up and coming down. But it's also the interest rate markets are mm-hmm. cyclical. You can, you can look at the history of that since the institution of the Federal Reserve in 1913. Interest rates, the whole purpose of the Federal Reserve is to create a, an elastic currency that allows us, I don't want to get too technical on everybody, but it, 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 to create an elastic currency that allows um, the Federal Reserve to manipulate the price of money to in their mind, create stability, right? And so while that is, you know, that's the intent, you know, there are all sorts of unintended consequences that come along with it. But if you look at real estate prices, if you look at um, any asset price, ultimately, we're such a debt-based society uh, in this world, and we are, and there's good debt and bad debt. And unfortunately, we're such a bad debt-based society that um, uh, everybody's over-leveraged, or not everybody, but too many people, a high majority of the people are over-leveraged. And because of the cyclical nature of everything, I, I, I always kind of tell people what worked over the last 25 to 30 years is not necessarily going to work over the last, over the next 25 to 30 years. Right. Yep. And, and if you look at the environment, I mean, I was born in 1980 and on, uh, in 1979, like this, it was like December 8th, I think 1979, Paul Volcker saw a problem with runaway inflation and he raised the federal funds rate from just about 6% 
to over 19% overnight. Overnight. Imagine imagine. what would happen right now. The federal funds rate right now is like 0.25%. Back then it went from six to 19. Imagine what would happen tonight if they said, you know what, we're at zero and a quarter percent right now. Interest rates need to go to 10% tomorrow because we have these problems, right? It it, it would be just Mm -hmm. blood in the streets. It would be chaos, right? Right. And and so if, if you look at where we're at, we've all the asset prices, stock markets, real estate, your cars, the price you pay for everything has been going up. The amount of money you make, the, the, the idea of inflation has gone up and up and up and up over the last 40 years at a rate that we've never seen in history simply because Paul Volcker did the right thing. He increased interest rates. But now we've lived in a declining interest rate environment from 19 or 20% at the peak all the way down to zero. And then they got to zero in 2009 and then they decided to print trillions and trillions of dollars. Right. So, you know, for the last decade, we've, we've been in that environment. And so now, you know, I always kind of say to people, like, you have to think about from a, from a full perspective, you can't, just because something's been working doesn't mean it will work moving right. forward, right? And looking forward, you have to look at why things work. And that's, I think, one of the things that makes me really different is mm-hmm. I don't look at something and say, oh, that works. That person made a lot of money. I go, why and how? And I yes. dig deeper and I try to figure it out, Right. And, and I know you're very much the same way. And I would say that over the next 30 years, look at where we are. Do you think taxes are going down or up? Uh, I mean, I think they're going up. I mean, you, there's a lot of, we're, we're at all time worst debt levels, unfunded liabilities, all that stuff. How do you think they're going to pay for them? Taxes, right? Um, you know, interest rates. I certainly tell you they can't go down. Those are most definitely right. going up. And so the vehicles, the financial vehicles that have worked in a declining interest rate environment, will not work as effectively in an increasing interest rate environment. And that's why I love whole life insurance because it protects you in all environments. I, I love it, man. And one of the, the like aha moments that I had is when you drew that chart out and you're like, okay, 30 years ago, your house will just make up a number was worth $100,000. Yeah. But interest rates were like at 19%. And yeah. so the real question was, is your house growing in value or because interest rates are going down, are our money, are it, the money supply getting cheaper and cheaper? And so for the person that just is listening and going like, what, what are they talking about? Let me, let me explain. So 20, 30 years ago, 19% interest rate, your house is worth 100000 yeah. Then you drop it, let's say 10 years from now, it goes down to 10% interest rates. Yeah. That house increases like 200000 Is that because it increased or is that because well, n- now the average person can now afford a better house because interest rates are down, are lower? Did that make well, any sense? Yeah, it makes complete sense. And I would say it like this. This is the simplest way to explain that, I think, is when you buy a house, and I'm just going to ask you this way in a question, I'll interview like this for a second. When you buy a house, do you buy the house cash or do you get a mortgage? Yep. Most people, right? You get a mortgage. So is that house worth $300,000 or is it worth $1,500 a month? Uh, yep. Right? Yeah. And so, so right now, if I were to go, I could run numbers on this and, and have it down, but we'll, we'll just ballpark it and play a game here. If, if, if you could get a mortgage at 4% on a $300,000 house, and that's $1,500 a month, mm-hmm. but now if interest rates go up to 6%, right? Unless yep. you're making a lot more money, which look around, it's not happening, yep. right? Then what's going to happen? That house is not worth 300000 That house is what you can afford per month. So right. back in 1980, you know, a $100,000 house 
well, when inter- when mortgage rates were 18 to 20%, well, $100,000 house, it wasn't really worth 100,000. It was worth that yes. 3,000 a month or whatever it was, right? So now that house may be worth 500,000 or 800, 600,000 or whatever it is. But you know what? Your mortgage payment is probably pretty close to the same amount. Yep. Because right? the interest rates are lower. Yeah, because the yep. interest rates are lower. And so that's one everybody's like, "Oh, real estate's this awesome thing." Real estate is awesome if you go about it the right way, right? Yep. Like if if you have the right mindset going into it, that's a totally different episode. The but <laughs> but the bottom line is why real estate has gone up in value, why asset prices have gone up in value is because of this principle that we're a debt-based society. People people get loans, interest rates go down. And when interest rates go down, it makes access to capital easier, cheaper. Uh, It creates all sorts of other negative issues. Right, right. It's also hurt the long-term saver. You know, it's, it's, you know, back, I remember when I, when I was born in 1980, my grandfather bought me a 30-year bond that paid 22%. That's, that's insane. <laughs> a 30 year bond that paid 22% per year guaranteed. That's so, insane. Yeah. But so okay. here's, here's the thing with that. A lot of people question how whole life policies can do what they do. It's because in the general account, these people that run these general accounts are geniuses, right? Yep. They, they really are. And a lot of people don't realize that um, in times like the eighties, when you could get 30 year bonds um, that, that were paying 2015 and they kind of laddered mm-hmm. down, but over the last 30 years, they had these bonds that were paying awesome and they still have them right. in their portfolios in the general accounts that are paying out great returns, right. you know, and that is kind of hedging the bad returns that are happening today, but that's what allows them to give guaranteed returns better than, you know, any other product that's on the market right now. Well, and this kind of leads into the next question is you and I are similar to the, the fact that like, we're going to do what it's, what we believe is best. And so sure. when, if you would have told me four years ago, yeah, Caleb, you're going to be doing like, like you're going to start a company that teaches people about how to leverage life insurance and all, I would be like, yikes, there's no way. And yet when, when I understood what I, the, the result that we could give someone, it was like, there's no way I'm not doing this. Well, can you give like a, overview of why because you literally started a company life 180 that taught people the power of this you now dropped your licenses and and still do a lot of education but you've kind of moved on and done something different but you still have that that knowledge so that's question number one i want you to answer and then and then you literally have talked to people like robert kiyosaki and have a couple controversial videos Mm -hmm. that i would love to unpack with you as well um so the reason why it just becomes a calling you know you um, I, I believe money follows value. Um, yep. and, and my, my kind of overriding philosophy in life is any relationship, any interaction that I get into. Um, I truly, truly go into every situation trying to add more value than I take from it. Right. right. And so it just became a calling that I just wanted to help people. Um, I really didn't know what I didn't know when I started doing YouTube videos. Uh, I remember, I started doing periscopes back in the day talking about all this. And I remember the first periscopes I did, I had three people watching, you know, and I just kept doing them, kept doing them, kept doing them, you know, because I was passionate about it because I loved it because I was doing it as much, you know, for me feeling like I was actually doing something productive to give back to the world as I was for anybody else. And then it just kind of took on, you know, now Mm -hmm. I've got videos that are getting 50 to a hundred thousand views, you know, regularly. And I, I guess I'm a bit of a, contrarian as well, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. our mindset, our philosophy is a bit contrarian, you know, compared yep. to the mainstream media and mainstream finance world. 
And, and so like talking about the videos that I've done on YouTube about Robert Kiyosaki, who's totally in alignment with our philosophy and what we do. And I have other people that I've worked with um, at very high levels that I can't mention their names, but you would know who they are if I mentioned them. Mm -hmm. um, that, that implement this philosophy that do it themselves, that when I've gotten behind the closed doors with them and had private conversations, they love it, you know, yep. um, and they implement it and they use it. And that was the thing for me that really, that's the proof. It's like, you want to be successful, find the people who are out there who have the life you want and reverse engineer, it, emulate it to get there. You know, there are all these people, uh, you know, I did this video on Dave Ramsey, you mentioned, and, and I get more hate from that. I mean, it's, I tell you what, it's really awesome to wake up in the morning to all my YouTube comments from people telling me to die. You know, telling me to, you know, whatever. But I wake up every day to this, you know, and right. I'm just like, oh man. And and at first it bothered me. It really truly did. But then you just realize, like, wow, like these people are, you know, anybody with that mindset is just so lost, you know. I, I create this content, um, and and I want to be controversial a bit because, yep. quite frankly, people need that pattern interrupt. They, you know, yep. here's the deal. I, I, I'm not going to go off on a uh, Ramsey tangent, but he is too smart to not know what he's doing. Um, he's really good when it comes to certain things. Right. It's a debt elimination, but it's really dangerous. If you're a Dave Ramsey follower and you're listening to this, I would encourage you uh, that I don't dislike Dave. If you watch any of my content or listen to it, He's awesome when it comes to debt elimination. He's not amazing. In fact, he's dangerous when it comes to wealth creation. And, mm -hmm. you know, just look at the people that, that kind of follow. And, and it's like, it's great if you're just looking to get by in life, go ahead, follow Dave. Right? Like if you just right. want to get by and, and you're okay with that, then he's fine. His content won't hurt you from that perspective. Um, but if you really want to thrive and you want to leave a legacy and you want to create something, and mm -hmm. I'm a big believer, we were put on this earth to leave it and make it better than where we came hmm. into it, how we found it. And if that's your mindset, you know, I would encourage you to think bigger. What was the aha moment for you when it came to whole life insurance? The aha moment for me was just seeing it and seeing people, seeing people that were using it that I respected, that I knew. And, and, and the secrets, like the first guy I met was a guy named Corky. Um, you know, and, I know it's a funny name, but he's a business guy in Florida. And I met him on a vacation and we started talking because I was in the industry. I had just got with uh, the company and, and uh, it was the first year I was licensed and I started talking to him and he's, and I was kind of hope, hoping to sell this guy, right? Like get into mm -hmm. it, buy into it. He's like, oh man, I've, I'm like way ahead of you. I've been doing that for 25 years. And I'm like, what? Like, and so he broke it down for me, right? So this wasn't somebody in the industry telling me like, Chris, yeah. this is what you need to do to build your book. And this is that, whatever. It wasn't somebody who, you know, had anything to gain yeah. except for he just was like, every, you're preaching to the choir, man. Like I've been doing this for 25 years and I bought a bowling alley doing this. I bought multiple rental properties doing this. I've done mm. all these different things that I've had all these businesses. I have an oceanfront restaurant. I have, and I've done it all through my whole life policy. And this is, I, I'd only been in the industry for like six months and I was on vacation yeah. down in Florida. And then I ended up going out to dinner with him and his wife. And you know, it, it was just, that was like a big uh -huh. moment for me. Right. Yep. Um, and from that point in time forward, that's when I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to dig deeper into this because that's what I do. And, and I found experts in the industry and I got their perspectives. And then I found other business owners, leaders in other industries, every, you know, the most successful people in the world. And I just interviewed him and I, and I, and I talked to him. And even if it wasn't a formal interview where it was like us doing an interview like this for a podcast or a YouTube video or something like that, 
um, it was it was more for me for my conviction because I needed to know it worked. And as soon as I did, I, you know, it just becomes an obligation more than anything else to, to get it out there. I love it, man. And I'm so grateful that you created content because we wouldn't be friends if I didn't, if you didn't put you, if you didn't put yourself out there. And, um, so thank you. So now I want to kind of unpack what you're doing now. Sure. And, the, and so you're doing something somewhat at face value looks completely different, but it really is not. Because no. we're because the financial we're, everything that you've done and that you've become passionate about has been around people helping yeah. them maximizing their potential and protecting them and really mm-hmm. helping people understand that they are their greatest asset. And if we believe that, what you're doing is is cr- incredible because you're pretty much like the matchmaker of uh, yeah. co- corporate corporate America well, businesses to high achieving individuals. Well, it's really interesting too, because um, Life 180, when I started Life 180, I thought it was just going to be this amazing um, financial education consulting company. And, it, mm-hmm. and, you know, I love it and I'm passionate about it. But, you know, I had to learn a lot about internet marketing because I had to, you know, I was, me and my wife just making it work, right? Yeah. And I had to learn all this stuff and she did. And, um, and so then what happened was I found more people coming to me uh, for help with online marketing right? Because I, I became an expert in that. And I knew more than 99.5% of people probably in the world, if not more uh, yep. about that world. And so then we started picking up, we started a marketing agency and we picked up clients. And one of my clients happened to be in the executive space, in the executive career management space. Hmm. And when I got there and started like really learning that business, um, I realized that what every person who's going uh, through a career shift that is looking to find their next ideal position, whether they're forced into the market or whether they're um, proactively looking for their next opportunity. Selling yourself in the marketplace for a job opportunity is no different than building a business online, creating a brand, figuring out how to, you know who your ideal client mm-hmm. you know, buyer is, and then knowing how to position yourself accordingly um, and, and, and do that. Um, I, I, yes, I I believe everybody is their own best asset. Um, and I, and I believe that ultimately above and beyond everything else, I said it before, we, we have a responsibility to make this world a better place. Um, and you know, I actually, I, I feel like there's not much more I could be doing in my life right now that would be more important than helping people elevate their careers and not just find a job to make more money, but to, to be more fulfilled, to feel like they are making a bigger impact, to be able to go into an organization um, and and use their greatest gifts um, mm-hmm. because not everybody's doing that. Too many people are making compromises just to make a paycheck. Um, and, and, you know, I actually just watched uh, a YouTube video the other day that, that really struck me. I mean, I was like literally almost in tears about this because it like, it was something I felt, but I didn't have like the quantifiable statistics behind it. And that is, you know, like I work a lot and I think a lot of people probably listening to these podcasts have the work ethic and they work a lot. Um, but working a lot, they've done studies. I have a lot of, I have three kids, right? So mm-hmm. when I work late at night and I come home and they're in bed, I have guilt around, oh, I right. wasn't there tonight, right? Right. But they've actually done psychological studies that show there's no long-term ramifications really to being gone. As long as there's a parent at home with them and they're being loved and like whatever, they're okay. Like a mom or a dad being out of the house working doesn't have a long-term ramification. But they also did another study that showed even a parent working nine to five, if they hate their job, hmm. if they don't like it, the rate of the child 
the odds of that child being a bully go up like eight times. Oh my goodness. The, and so we, now we look at this bullying epidemic that's going on in the world, right? Yep. And, you, and you correlate that to the fact that only 13% of people in this world self-identify as loving their job. How many people can't stand going to work every day and they dread going to work every day? And then you look at the bullying epidemic. A lot of that, I believe, could be solved simply by people taking a step back and, and figuring out, okay, what value can I add to the world? Because we all become more fulfilled, yep. not by seeking more money, oh, not man. by... Not by, you know, getting a better status and having a better job. I mean, sometimes we think that's the answer, unfortunately. But the reality is we all feel more fulfilled by helping others. You know, you're, you're never going to yep. feel better about yourself than helping somebody else out in some way, you know? 100%. And it's like we only get one shot at this thing called life. Yep. And it's like, wouldn't you, don't you want to live a life that not only you love, but like the secret of that is like adding value to other people. Totally. And like what you said, leaving the world like a better place. Yep. One of the things that I, um, the quotes that I kind of live by is um, the value of our life is always measured by how much of it was given away. Mm -hmm. At your funeral, Chris, I'm not going to be talking about the, the I'm assuming that I'm going to outlive you, by the way, <laughs> yeah, if you pick that up. Uh, I'm not going to talk about, you know, all the accomplishments you made. I'm going to talk about how you literally have, are, like how you poured into my life and because of you, I, w I was able to live a life and help other people. And, I, and it doesn't really matter what things are on your, how big your bank account is. And it's just that perspective, when you, when you get that, it just changes mm -hmm. everything. Well, and, and the bottom line is this is, I, I mean, listen, I talk to executives that are making $200,000 and more a year every yeah. single day, multiple times a day. And it is astounding to me how many people are unfulfilled in their work you, you know, I, I saw it. I left the financial industry uh, because the people I was working with, you know, were, were examples of this. You know, I looked at them yeah. and I said, I'm not going to I'm not going to stay here. And, you know, if, if, if it means I have to go through three marriages and have bad relationships with my kids and never be present and all these different things, you right. know, people are doing that and they're making the wrong sacrifices in the wrong areas because they think they have to compromise. They right. don't realize that, you know what, there are companies like out there, if you're intentional enough about who you are, what your value is, what your skills are, what fulfills you. Listen, your compensation as, as a worker in this world, if you decide you're somebody who's best for corporate environment, because not everybody's like me and you, Caleb, not everybody right. wants to go out and build something. Some people are better off being an employee. But if that is you, you're going to find that if you focus on going out there and, and self-realizing where your value is the best, what your skills are, what fulfills you the most, then you're going to be able to identify companies that you can solve the best problems for, right? right. And if you do that, guess what? If you can self-align and realize you're not looking for a job, you're just right. kind of positioning yourself as the best investment in the opportunity in the marketplace for a company and you're looking to solve a problem for them. And if you can clearly articulate how you can solve that problem and, and, you align your passions and your interests and what fulfills you with solving that problem for the company, guess what? You're going to make more money. Yep. Like, it all just makes sense. It's like, not like this. It's not like calculus where you can no. understand. It's like, it's like add more value. Believe yeah. it or not, that's like that value. Money follows values. This has been a lot of fun. We're definitely going to have you back. I'm going to pr probably, we're, we're going to have you back for sure. And then also have a couple. Uh, I want you and Hannah both to, to, you know, talk about the ups and downs of being an aunt, being married, staying happily married. And this is what it'll be called, how to be happily married and entrepreneurs. Uh, but I, one of the questions that I always end with is, mm -hmm. is the legacy question. So mm -hmm. you have one more day on this earth. 
You're with mm. the people that you love the most mm-hmm. and you can pass on one, like one or two things, not nothing material, but just from what you, the experiences that you've learned, what, what would that be? Like bits of advice kind of bits stuff? of advice. Yeah. The, the bit of advice I would give is just be authentic, be real to yourself. Uh, don't compromise. Life isn't going to be easy. There's no easy way through this thing. Um, right. No matter, no matter what it is, figure out what it is that you believe in, figure it out what it is that you stand for and live it to the fullest and, yeah. and don't compromise on that. And because no matter what happens, people compromise for the wrong reasons and they think yeah. it's going to make life easier, but it ends up creating more problems and it makes it so people aren't fulfilled and yeah. we're less happy. And when you're less happy, all sorts of other issues kick yeah. in, you know? And so th- that's what I would say is just be authentic to yourself and, and, and know yourself. Like yep. be intentional. Don't let life happen to you. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for living an intentional life and like living that out. I really appreciate you as a friend. And how can people, how can people like follow what you're doing? I know there's a lot of stuff out there, but what's the best way for someone to connect with you? Yeah. Um, I would say uh, you can go to life180.com um, if, you, if you're interested in uh, checking that out. Um, I, there are links to my YouTube channel on there. Um, like you said, I have a ton of content on YouTube about uh, stuff, my Life 180 YouTube channel. Um, and if you're somebody who's looking for help on any uh, element of your career stuff, um, our website is careernextagency.com. And uh, we actually are spinning up a YouTube channel for that as well, that if you go awesome. to YouTube and type in Career Next Agency, um, it's it's humble beginnings right now, but it's we're kicking it off. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. We will be, we'll definitely be in touch. We'll have you back on the podcast and right, thank bro. you for everything, man. All right. Thanks, brother. Hey, I want to thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Chris Kirkpatrick. I, I got kind of this surreal moment in our interview when thinking back to when I first met Chris at a restaurant after we initially called for a couple times and um, just how how blessed I felt like someone of his caliber would take time and build a relationship and mentor me and become a really, really good friend. And and I share that to say that um, some people's limiting belief, maybe it's your limiting belief right now, is you might look to someone that you really want to get to know or as a mentor of your life or that you've indirectly learned. And you're like, man, I don't know if I would actually can become friends with them. I'm I'm challenging you and, and please take me up on this. Reach out, add value, listen, and you just be shocked about the amount of people out there that are willing to give back. So I'm incredibly grateful for that. I'm also incredibly grateful for you, the listener. Uh, It means the world to me that you listen to this. And if you haven't subscribed or left a review, know that those really, really help us like get seen. And then the best way for our podcast to grow is to share. And so that again would mean the world. I appreciate you guys. Make sure to stay tuned to the next episode and have an amazing rest of your week. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. Make sure you press subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or your favorite podcast player.